1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you're watching online, if you're on one of the platforms that allows you to click share, do so. Let's get the word out to as many people as need it, because I'll tell you what, our country needs it. Our series for about a year has been the truth about money, and last Sunday and today we're talking about Jesus and Melchizedek. Now listen, we had a lot of people out last week, and I'm not sure why, but I can't do last Sunday's message again. We had a lot of people out Wednesday night, and I'm not sure why, but Wednesday night I taught on how to pay a house off, and I can't do that message again. So the getting is up to you. I've done my part. So no review today. It's up to you to get the word that I've taught and you've missed. Because one way or the other, I'm walking in it. Amen? Amen. So tell your neighbor, keep up. As Christians under the new covenant, we are to walk in the blessing of the Lord. I want that to get cemented into your mind in 2021. As Christians under the new covenant, we are to walk in the blessing of the Lord. Paul wrote in Galatians 3.14, he, that is Jesus, redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. But God's people have been trained often by ministers to think that the blessing is bad and the curse is good. You know what's bad? The curse. And you know what's good? The blessing. Christ redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. Now, I'm doing my annual Bible reading double fast. I'm trying to work through two Bibles because I got two grandchildren coming up about the same age, and I'd like to give them both a Bible this coming Christmas if we're still here. And uh, I read Ezra, now I'm in Nehemiah. When they rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem under Nehemiah, and then they built uh, El Chipo version of Solomon's temple. I mean, it wasn't what Solomon's temple was. The people that had been alive and saw Solomon's temple, they wept when they saw the replacement. And Nehemiah brings Ezra in, a teacher of the law, to teach the people of God the requirements of God. 
One of the things he taught on was alliances. And there's no bigger alliance in life than marriages. So they had to get rid of their foreign women. And uh, now if you're married in the new covenant, God bless, you can't get rid of your Ammonite wife. I mean, you know, we'll pray for you, but God bless. But if you're single, you ought to do the annual Bible reading and not go marry somebody outside the tribe. And then you ought not be making alliances outside the tribe, you know, getting in business with evil, wicked people, unbelievers. And then even a lot of believers, you got to watch and you ought not get in business with. But the first thing Ezra taught, because they rebuilt the walls, they rebuilt the temple, and Nehemiah brings Ezra in to teach the people of God the requirements of God. What would you suppose is the very first thing they began to do after Ezra taught them the requirements of God? They started tithing. Now, a couple of thousand years later, somebody put it like this. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew 6, and Jesus taught, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So, this is just huge. And I, I know, I know that I'm countercultural. I know I'm Swimming upstream, it's like carrying a 50-pound pack uphill on a march. But this is the Word of God, because it is an acknowledgement that everything I have came from Him. And when I go out here in this world and I make money, I'm in His world. He created the world. It doesn't matter if I make that money to computer terminal. He created everything. He created electricity. He created everything. So when I make money, I owe the landlord. And also we learn from the book of Leviticus that it is a matter of honor. I honor the Lord. So from last Sunday, number one, Jesus is a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. We covered this last Sunday. Jesus is not a priest in the lineage of Aaron and Levi. Jesus is a priest forever in the lineage of Melchizedek. Jesus is a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And we know this from six references in the word of God. One in the old covenant and five in the new covenant. We covered this last Sunday. So how could Christians have a superior covenant with a superior high priest and superior promises and yet consistently get inferior results? That's the question, and there's only one answer. God's people haven't been working God's plan. I said God's people haven't been working God's plan. Out of all the churchgoers in the United States of America, only 3% even claim to tithe, and for evangelicals, that is only 8%. And you know, whether it's 3% or 8%, you know some of them are lying. So this tells us the number one reason why so many Christians are defeated. So it's no wonder to me, then, that Christians are the tail and not the head. It's no wonder so many Christians are sick, broken, and dead. You see, everyone wants the blessing, but how many people are willing to go through the covenant to get to the blessing? Now, we have a part to play, and we must do our part to walk in the blessing of the Lord. Number two, from last Sunday, Jesus is the high priest of our tithe in the order of Melchizedek. Jesus is the high priest of our tithe in the order of Melchizedek. We covered this last Sunday. So in order for the order of Melchizedek to take place, you need two things. You need to tithe, and you need a priest. Yeah. 
Well, Abraham got blessed when he showed up with the tithe. You see, Jesus is certainly able to do his part, that is to bless your life, but you have a part to play. You've got to show up with the tithe. Say it out loud. I've got a part to play, and I'm going to do my part. Number three, Jesus is the high priest of our tithe, and his priesthood is based on the power of an indestructible life. We covered this last Sunday, Hebrews 7, 15, and 16. And what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry built on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. So our high priest, unlike Melchizedek, has an anointing on him for an indestructible life. Number four, in this New Testament era, Jesus is the one who collects our tithe, and he is the one who blesses our lives. In this New Testament era, Jesus is the one who collects our tithe, and he is the one who blesses our lives. Hebrews 7. And let me ask you, is, is Hebrews 7 in the Old Testament or the New Testament? Hebrews 7. This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God Most High, he met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him, and Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, his name means king of righteousness, then also king of Salem. And you understand Salem was a city-state that became Jerusalem, means king of peace, without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life. Like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now the law requires... The descendants of Levi who become priests to collect the tenth from the people, that is their brothers, even though their brothers are descended from Abraham. This man, however, did not trace his descent from Levi, yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. This is not, this is not in the lineage of Aaron or Levi. It is a different priesthood. And he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Verse 7, and without doubt, the lesser person is blessed by the greater. In the one case, the tenth is collected by men who die, but in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. So in the one case, that is the Old Testament case, the tithe is collected by men who die. But in the other case, the New Testament case, the tithe is collected by him who is declared to be living. Now, in all the Word of God, there's only one who is declared to be living, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus has been called by God, a, our Father, a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Jesus has been called by God the Father, a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus is the one who collects our tithe. When we give our tithe in this, this, new, in this New Testament era, we give our tithe to the high priest of our faith, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he operates in a certain anointing, the power of an indestructible life. Now listen, there is so much power to this principle. A young man came up here and asked me, came out in the fellowship atrium, asked me a question, and my answer horrified him. There is so much power in this principle, it works for Mormons. Now, you listen to what I'm saying. Dr. Fred Price taught me that when you find a principle in the Word of God and you work it and it works, you can go back and you can work that principle over and over and over because when you find a principle in the Word of God, it'll work every time. Amen. Now, we know Mormonism isn't Christianity. But, hey, 
if, if a Mormon saves money, that'll work. If a Mormon invests money, that'll work. If a Mormon goes on a diet, they'll lose weight. What's the matter with people? A principle is a principle is a principle is a principle. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Now, I'm not knocking Mormonism. God bless them. You know, as long as we have the breath of life in our lungs, we can see the truth that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no other way to the Father but by the Lord Jesus Christ. Not by any saint, not by Mary, not by Joseph Smith, not by some angel. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. Somebody might say that's hate. No, it's not hate. I, I mean, I can be four people and not get in the boat with them. You understand that? You know, it's, it's, it's just amazing to me. And last week I likened it to mask wearing. 85% of everybody admitted to hospitals with COVID-19 has been wearing a mask. And then we see the difference in the infections and the deaths in California versus Florida. Florida's wide open. California's been locked down stricter than any state, except maybe New York. I mean, what is it about man? What is it about, what is it about people that it doesn't matter whether it works or not, they get something in their noggin and they just keep doing it over and 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 over. Actually, that's a definition of insanity, to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. Tell your neighbor, if you want a different result, you got to take a different action. Tell the neighbor on the other side, if you want a different result, you've got to take a different action. So, I'm just doing what Nehemiah had Ezra do. That's it. Somebody might say he's fundraising. Now, now, Sue and I have already pulled ahead more this year than we pulled ahead in the 28 years of our marriage, first 28 years of our marriage. And, and how can I be teaching on this, and I can hardly stand because of the anointing of God on me? This is the juice. Well, I don't believe it. My wife told me I didn't have to tithe. <laughs> well, that's because she's an Ammonite. You went and married an Ammonite. And of course she says you don't have to tithe. Now, tell your neighbor, do what you want. Tell the neighbor on the other side, do whatever you want. Because you understand at the end of the day, we're basically libertarians. You know, do what you want. But you heard it. You can never say you didn't hear it. You heard it. Amen. Amen. And then you understand, you get some men under the anointing of God and the blessing of God, the blessing of the Lord. And it pays the freight. Amen. Amen. The blessing of the Lord. We haven't even begun to comprehend how it worked. 
The tithe was so powerful for the children of Israel, they gave their tithes to the Levites. The tithe actually goes to the Levites. Then the Levites turned around and tithed to the temple, and the tithe of the Levites was so great, it carried the budget of the temple. It's unbelievable power. Now, the problem is it takes time. And we don't want to put any time in anything, you know. We want to, we want to get to our perfect weight by Tuesday. We want to be out of debt by Wednesday. We want a different president by Thursday. Right? We, we don't want to put any time, or how about this from my uh, grandmother, elbow grease. We don't, we don't want to put any effort into anything. There's awesome power to being a doer of the Word of God, and there's awesome power to being a doer of the Word of God over time. Over time. Amen? Amen. And then when you've been doing it six decades, you could hardly go to Houston and hear John Osteen preach without hearing John Osteen say, the eyes of the Lord look to and fro across the earth seeking whom he might bless. And you, you, you be a doer of the word for decades. God looks around. He just doesn't have that many people who have been a doer of the word for decades. So you come up on his radar quick. And then this is not a week of increase, but then there's the trust factor. Can he trust you to bless you with more? So Jesus has been called a high priest of forever in the order of Melchizedek. And now Jesus, who is connected with the power, now receives our tithes. And he turns around and blesses us, just like Melchizedek blessed Abraham, who had the promises. You see, we have the promises, the word of God. But what we need to do is add to the promises the word of God, the blessing, the power, and the anointing of Christ. We have the promises. We have the word of God. We have the promises of the word of God. But what we need to do is turn around and add to that word, the power, and the anointing of Christ. Number five, Melchizedek blessed him who had the promises, and Jesus blesses us, we who have the promises. I said Melchizedek blessed him who had the promises, and Jesus blesses us, we who have the promises. The tithe is my connection to God. Say it out loud. The tithe is my connection to God. The tithe is my covenant connection. See, Abraham giving his tithe to Melchizedek didn't make Melchizedek rich. Abraham giving his tithe to Melchizedek made Abraham rich. If you'll get this, you'll be on your way. Abraham giving his tithe to Melchizedek didn't make Melchizedek rich. Abraham giving his tithe to Melchizedek made Abraham rich. Kenneth Hagin used to say, the anointing comes by association and the anointing comes by environment. So you got to get in the right place. You, gotta, you have to make the right alliance. You got to have the right association. What your relatives and other faith critics want you to believe is that Abraham giving his tithe to Melchizedek made Melchizedek rich. And that's why they say, well, I wouldn't give my money to no preacher. And when they say that, they mean they wouldn't give any of their $5 to no preacher. 
People who say such things are always broke. Genesis 14, 18, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high, and he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be God by blessed be Abraham by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Did you notice? Were you paying attention on anniversary Sunday? I gave all the credit, the glory, and the honor to God. Then we walk out there before we burnt the mortgage. Did you notice? I gave all the credit, the glory, and the honor to God. Who delivered your enemies into your hands? Have we not seen in the last four years the destructive power of bragging and taking the credit for everything? Speaking of Melchizedek and speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, the writer of Hebrews says, Hebrews 7, 7, and without doubt, the lesser person is blessed by the greater. Man, you ought to underline that, put a star next to it. Whatever you need to do, dog ear the page. Without doubt, the lesser person is blessed by the greater. You think Melchizedek was blessed because Abraham gave him the tithe. And that's what you hear when you listen to your relatives. Well, I wouldn't give my money to no preacher, and the assumption is that Melchizedek was blessed because Abraham gave him the tithe. Whenever you have a relative say that, you ought to say, what money? Because the same folks who talk like that are the same folks who ain't got no money. And look, this is proof positive, man. Pastor Gene's not getting all the money. I don't care. Go down to the Tarrant County Courthouse and look it up. There is no lien on this property. $16 $16 million or whatever it's worth now. I have no idea. Not a, not, not a nickel owed. Hallelujah. 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 So it's obvious somebody knows something about what's going on. They ain't got no money. So of course they wouldn't give a preacher their money because they ain't got no money. Number six, Melchizedek was not blessed because Abraham gave him the tithe. Abraham was blessed because he gave his tithe to the anointed priest of God Most High. Melchizedek was not blessed because Abraham gave him the tithe. Melchizedek was blessed because he gave his tithe to the anointed priest of God Most High. You see, the problem is that preachers have trained us to give into need. But there's no power in that. The power is in giving into anointing. The power is giving into fertile soil. You think Melchizedek was blessed because Abraham gave him the tithe. No, Abraham got blessed when he gave his tithe to the anointed man of God as God's representative. The lesser person, that's us, is blessed by the greater person. That is the high priest of our tithe, the Lord Jesus Christ. It was either the last king of Judah or the next to the last king of Judah, but the Bible specifically says in 2 Chronicles that the reason he went into captivity, the reason he was conquered, the reason he was judged is he would not submit to Jeremiah. And we live in a land where the Jeremiahs or the supposed Jeremiahs submit to the king. It's all backwards. The lesser person, that's us is blessed by the greater person that is the high priest of our tithe, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7, and without doubt, the lesser person is blessed by the greater. When we go to our high priest, we're giving up. We're giving, we're going to as the lesser, and we're giving upward. Now listen to what I'm saying. When we go to the high priest, we're going as the lesser, and we're giving upward. And he's going to make us better by what he gives back to us. 
And without doubt, the lesser person is blessed by the greater. The body of Christ has been trained to give into need, to give into lack, to give into what's not working. We're imitating the government. What was it Ronald Reagan said? If it, if it moves, tax it. If it's broke, subsidize it. I mean, everything that doesn't work, what is their answer? Throw more money at it. And then when it doesn't work more, what do you do then? Throw even more money at it. And Christians have picked up this idea. So long as the body of Christ persists in this bad habit of giving in to lack, need, want, and failure, the body of Christ will remain broke. People always complain when you give into the lives of those who already have enough. Why would I give into someone someone's life who already has enough why did i give kenneth hagan serious money every time i saw him why did i give fred price serious money every time i saw him because i wanted what was on them to come on me because i wanted what was on them to come on me because i wanted what was on them to come on me study the parable of the talents jesus said matthew 25 29 for everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. These words fell from the lips of Jesus. Everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Hebrews 7, 7, without doubt, the lesser person is blessed by the greater. Say it again. The tithe is my connection to God. The tithe is my covenant connection. Have you, ever met, have you ever lent money to a relative? Have you ever helped a relative financially? Did that make them better or worse? Did they then go out and find work and get a job and go to work? Did they get inspired and lift themselves out of their condition? Of course not. Someone could criticize us and say, why are you always giving to those successful ministries why don't you help someone who doesn't have a worldwide ministry well because there's no anointing on them there's no anointing on them and if I give into a failure I might get failure as a harvest coming back on my life and I don't want any failure coming back on my life it's all about sowing and reaping if I give into lack, I might get lack as a harvest coming back on my life. And I don't want any lack coming back on my life. I'm wrestling with what he's telling me. You know, I spent my life hanging out with my betters. First one was Finest Jennings Dake. Actually, the first one was my own pastor, M.D. Beal. Wow. Scare the living daylights out of you every Sunday morning. But man, we walked with God. Then finest Jennings Dake, then Lester Summerall. First time I ever ate Chinese food was Lester Summerall. Then Kenneth Hagin and T.L. Osborne the same day. Then Oral Roberts, then John Osteen, then Fred Price. Spent my whole life hanging out with my elders. Spent my whole life hanging out with my betters. I was rehearsing this to the Lord this morning. And I said, they're all gone. 
And he said to me, well, what does that tell you? You know, if you wanted to learn how to play tennis, do you, do you play with somebody worse than you? If you want, want to learn how to play golf, do you play with somebody worse than you? If you want to learn how to play the piano, do you take lessons from somebody worse than you? Now, we give money, and those fathers are gone, but you know, like Tiff Shuttlesworth and other things we do, they're doing something. Amen. They're doing something. And they're not just doing something in their county. They're going. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. So Christians have this bad habit of giving into lack, giving into need, giving into want. And it's exactly what the government does. If it worked, the government would be rich. How is giving to a losing deal going to lift me up? The lesser, that's me. Say it out loud. The lesser, that's me. The lesser is blessed by the greater. So if I give into a losing deal, how is that going to lift me up? How is giving into failure going to lift me up? How is giving into lack going to lift me up? How is giving into poverty going to lift me up? How is giving into a curse going to lift me up? Hebrews 7, 7, without doubt, the lesser person is blessed by the greater. 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 So when he was alive, I learned more from Kenneth Hagin than any of the others because I don't know why, but uh, I just did what he did. I just said what he said. I just studied what he taught. And the Lord told me about two years back, he said, you're still walking in it because you're still confessing it. You're still believing it. You're still taking action on it. So what was on him came on me. But more than that, what was on him came on me and stayed on me. It's all about the word. And that's why the churches are closed. And that's why the churches that are open by and large don't have any word in them because it's all about the word. In Josiah's day, they discovered the word in the temple, and they brought it out and read it, and guess what happened? There was revival. In Nehemiah's day, Nehemiah brought in Ezra to teach the people the word of God, and when they heard, a God, heard the word of God, what do you think happened? They had a revival. It's all about the word of God. God has increase on his mind. We got toward the end of 2020. I'm out there praying. I wasn't praying about God's calendar. God, God has not revealed his calendar to me, and he's not going to. But he said to me, he said, you're stronger than you know. And I told him, I don't want to hear that. I know exactly what that means. I want to hear, come up hither. I don't want to hear, you're stronger than you know. I knew exactly what that meant. That meant we were going to soldier through 2021, and and I have this impression. I don't know that it's a word from the Lord. The Lord wants us to soldier on in 2021 and prove out to ourselves and prove out to the devil and to prove out to relatives and to prove out to the naysayers that we are not dependent on some politician and we are not dependent on our circumstances, but we walk in covenant with Almighty God and we, the lesser, are blessed by the greater and it doesn't matter what year it is 
and it doesn't matter who's in charge because whoever's in charge is not really in charge. The Lord Almighty God is in charge and we are in charge when we stand with his word. Hallelujah. God's got increase on his mind. Tell your neighbor, God's got increase on his mind. Tell the neighbor on the other side, God's got increase on his mind. Genesis 17, and when Abram was nine years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am almighty God, El Shaddai, walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. I'm not just going to multiply you. I'm going to multiply you exceedingly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So get off that God named El Chipo and get on God who is El Shaddai. I am the Almighty God, El Shaddai, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. El Shaddai means the God who is more than enough. He doesn't want you to just have enough. He wants you to have more than enough. So if this is how we connect to Christ, then what does that mean if we don't tithe? It means we're not connected to Christ. It means we're not connected to the covenant. It means the superior covenant and the superior high priest and the superior promises are not working on our behalf. And there you have it. When we don't show up with a tithe, it means we're not connected to Christ, means we're not connected to the covenant, it means the superior covenant and the superior high priest and the superior promises are not working on our behalf. They're there, but they're not working. If Jesus is going to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek, he is supposed to be receiving the tithe. And he can't receive the tithe unless the people of God bring the tithe. And if Jesus is a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek, then that means there is no end to our bringing the tithe to him. There's no end to the prosperity. But that also means there's no end to our covenant of blessing and divine prosperity. You know as well as I do, things can go wrong. We, Sue's car was calling for a service, so we took it over there, dropped it off, and then they said it was ready, and I said, okay, we'll bring another one to trade out. And so Austin helped me, and we pick up our car, most expensive car we own, and uh, pick it up, and uh, I pulled out. I, I grew up around cars. I, I, I grew up working around cars. My father was a co-owner of a Ford dealership. I'm a car guy. We pulled out, and I could feel it fluttering, but I thought, it'll smooth out. And then we get toward downtown Dallas, and then it's missing. And then we stop at a stoplight, and it stalls. And uh, I started back up, and then the, a warning light comes on, and we go a couple of more blocks, and it stalls. And then a second, I started back up, and a second warning light comes up. Look, don't live your life like this. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, don't live your life like this. See, a lot of you, a lot of you, my description of her car is your checking account. And you spend your whole life saying, what the hell? You got to call the guy that knows what's up and say, something is amiss.
and it was something easy. It was a vacuum hose came loose. Sue said, cars have vacuum hoses? I said, sure, baby. They had them back in the 60s. You know, cars have vacuum hoses. Comes loose, you know. See, you could be doing 95% right. You, you, you may be here and you never committed adultery. You have no porn on your computer. I mean, you could be like 95% spot on and yet your life's chugging. You got to figure it out, man. You got to make a course correction. You got you to you call up the man and say, something's wrong. I ought to be living under the blessing of the Lord. I shouldn't be stalling out at stoplights. I shouldn't be having to borrow from MasterCard to make the minimum payment on Visa. I'm a child of God. I'm a, I'm a, I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Jesus died for my sake. And, and then, of course, you got to have a job. And I got a J-O-B, so I shouldn't be living in stalling out Amen. territory. Amen. And a lot of Christians never understand why, you know, they're running on three cylinders. How come they're chugging along? How come they stall out? And you gotta, you got to get some expert advice. And the expert advice is not me. The expert advice is the written word of God, the logos of God, the Bible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you could say, I don't believe that. Well, I could be driving Sue's car. In fact, it probably would have taken until this morning to get it back to uh, Mansfield. You know, because if, it's, if it stalls out every 45 feet, I probably would have taken until this morning to get it back. And I can believe whatever I want. I could have brought it home like some of you guys. Here's your car, sweetie. Well, it don't run. It's your imagination. It's fine. People say you cannot limit God. See, what does it mean when we don't connect to the high priest or the tithe? Our high priest can't get the blessing into our lives. He cannot speak the blessing over our lives. Don't you get it? 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 If we will simply believe, if we will simply do, if we will simply obey, he will bless our lives and we will never miss a thing or lack a thing. But if we want to do it our own way, well, he'll let us. If we don't show up with a tithe, it means we don't connect to our high priest through the tithe. Then our high priest can't get the blessing into our lives. He can't speak the blessing over our lives. People say, well, you cannot limit God. Well, people ought to read the Bible. This Bernie Sanders thing is in the churches. That God blesses all of us equally. Well, that's obviously a lie. That's obviously not true. That it doesn't matter what we do. Well, that's obviously not true. Don't be like the ancient Israelites who limited God, Psalm 78, 41. Yea, they turned back and tempted God, and they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited God. And I made up my mind a long time back. I wasn't going to limit God. <laughs> I'm going whole hog. I'm not going to limit him. I want to see what God will do. 
we can actually limit God. Aaron's priesthood had to do with sinning, whereas Melchizedek's priesthood has to do with winning. Said out loud, the tithe is my connection to God. The tithe is my covenant connection. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.